It's time for this week's edition of the Virtual Bible Study. The Virtual Bible Study is a live, internet-only call-in program dedicated to the honest study and discussion of God's Word. Do you have a question about something in the Bible? Or are you simply interested in learning more about the Scriptures? If so, we hope you'll stay tuned tonight as we look into the pages of God's Word. The Virtual Bible Study is brought to you this time each week by the College View Church of Christ in Columbia, Tennessee. You can participate in the discussion tonight by calling 93 Three one three eight one four five six seven, or by emailing your questions or comments from collegeview.com. We hope you'll take out your Bibles and study along with us as we begin an exciting study of God's Word on this edition of the Virtual Bible Study. This is the Virtual Bible Study for September thirteenth, two thousand and twelve. Thank you for joining us on the program tonight. My name is Jacob Gwynn. My father, Greg Gwynn, is to my right. Hello, Dad. Jacob, great to be with you. I always look forward to our virtual Bible study on Thursday night with our Internet Bible study it group. Good. And it's Thursday night again. It's virtual Bible study night again. That's right. It is every week, and we are glad that you make it a part of your schedule. And we look forward to hearing from you at 877-381-4567. Email questions at collegeview.com. You can use those ways to contact us at any time. We welcome your comments and your questions 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And if you're listening to us live tonight, there is another way for you to comment, and that is the chat window to the right of your viewing window. Sign in there and very simple instructions to follow so you can chat with other listeners on the program tonight. All right. Well, uh, interesting topic. The last two weeks, Jacob, we have had listener questions. Yeah, and those were very good questions. Yeah, and we had one left over last week. We're not going to do a whole program on listener questions, but we had one question left over that we feel like probably make a worthy study for the whole hour. Yes. And that has to do with a question that came from our regular listener, Kevin. He was asking us to talk about prayer. We'll get to his question specifically, but generally speaking, that's going to be our topic for discussion tonight is prayer, and I hope that's a subject that interests everybody. It should be an important part of our life. All right. Uh, we welcome your comments as we talk about prayer. Sign in the chat room. Give us a call toll-free and let us know your thoughts on this interesting subject. Uh, we do appreciate uh, this listener for submitting these questions. This was Kevin, I guess, in Hot Springs? Yeah. All right, Kevin. I hope he's listening tonight. I don't see him in the chat room yet, but he, he, he often shows he, up yes, there. Yeah, I think he'll be there eventually. We might give him a tardy uh, demerit if he comes yes, in late. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but we're glad for all of you who are listening. Here's the questions we sent out earlier today to our update list. We always remind you, if you're not getting those updates, you can by simply sending us an email to questions at collegeview.com and say, put me on the list. Yes. If you have been getting them in the past but you're not now, that's a problem on your end, not ours. We haven't changed our mailing. You didn't purge any addresses. We didn't purge any addresses. We haven't changed our mailing list. So probably look in your spam folder and try to identify our mailings as not spam. Okay. And you can do that by sending an email to questions at collegeview.com. You can put on the list. And perhaps you're listening to us in the podcast version, as we know many of our listeners do. You may have never been to our website. The website address is thevirtualbiblestudy.com. You can find out lots of information there about the College View Church of Christ who sponsors and makes this program possible. You can also find over seven years of the program where you can listen at uh, your leisure and uh, on a wide variety of Bible subjects. Yeah, it makes a pretty good Bible study resource. If you're studying a subject, go to that archives page. And we, we never have put a search engine on our website. We probably should do that. We never have. Yeah, I guess. But you can search pretty easily. There's a little trick in Windows. You do Control-F, and that opens up a little window. Type in a word, and then it'll show you every place on that page. The page you've got open, it'll show you every place on that page where that word is mentioned. 
So you can search the archives pretty easily that way. I guess we probably should put a search in. I'm should. too old and cranky to figure that stuff out. Yeah, I don't like it. Yeah. Uh, and so that's why we don't change our website a whole lot because <laughs> we're old and cranky. Well, there's there's this old idea that if it works, don't fix it. And so there's far, there's also a saying about old dogs. I don't know. Uh, there's a, that probably applies more. Yeah. To okay. Us. All right. So here's the questions we sent out earlier today. First question. Let's just spend a minute talking about the privilege of prayer. I ask our listeners to comment on the privilege of prayer. And how that when we realize what a privilege it is, it ought to motivate us to pray more more frequently. So um, comment about the privilege of prayer and how that should motivate us. Number two, this is the question from Kevin in Arkansas. He asked us to talk about prayer in regards to when, where, quantity, quality, public, and private. So he's asked us six different things, sort of in pairs. When and where should we pray? Quantity and quality prayer. Yeah. And comment about the difference between public and private prayer. Okay. So we'll do that. All right. That's good. Uh, the third question is, what are some of the things that interfere with our prayers and thus should be avoided? No. Uh, you know, I, I don't know about you, Jacob, but I think most Christians, I certainly would include myself, I think most Christians feel like don't pray often enough. Okay. Why not? Right. Why not? What's keeping us from praying more frequently? I misunderstood your question there. I think some oh. of our other listeners did as well. Oh, what did you think I meant? Some things that would cause our prayers to be ineffective or ineffective. They could uh, interfere with our prayers. Oh, well, we could look at it that way, too. Yeah. I, was, I think that's the way we're probably going to be looking that's at That's what it. our listeners are, are yeah. how they respond. That's okay. Yeah. We'll look at that, too. So we'll do two things. What, what interferes, in other words, we, keeps us from praying? What right. interferes keeping our prayers from being as effective as they should? Okay. And then number four, the, the scriptures mention fasting and prayer. Uh-huh. Should we be fasting okay. in conjunction with our prayers? Okay. Let's talk about that. We're going to have to go fast to get that one. Uh, all right. All right. So we're ready to go. Um, again, thanks to all who are listening. Uh, we've got a smaller than usual crowd in the chat room, but hopefully we can get some people to, to, to join in. Uh, and we'll start with this first question. Comment about the privilege Prayer. Okay, eight seven seven three eight one four five six seven. Anthony in Columbia uh, has these thoughts. He says, if we really stop to think about it, prayer in, is indeed an amazing privilege. We are able to communicate to the Almighty Creator of the universe. Not only that, but we are promised that He will hear our prayers and grant us many blessings, peace, wisdom, etc. No other people on earth, except God's elect, enjoy such a relationship with such a powerful being. Knowing this, we ought to be at all the more motivated to avail ourselves of this great privilege. And that is an amazing thing to think about, that the creator of the earth and uh, and us has made it possible uh, for us to communicate with him. And, uh, you know, if uh, we had an opportunity to have the ear of some famous person, say the president of the United States, maybe not even that famous and powerful, we'd go to great distances. I mean, if you if you knew... That you could talk to the president if you were to walk to Washington D.C. from here, you'd walk to Washington D.C. Yeah. to talk to the president. I mean, you would do, you would go to great lengths. Yeah, if somebody, if somebody called you up and say, Jacob, I got an opportunity for yeah. you tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, the president's got 15 minutes in his schedule. Eight o'clock tomorrow. And, and and you're invited uh, yeah. to have an audience with him for for that time. Yeah. Man, you'd be overwhelmed. I get to talk to. The I get to talk to the president yeah. of the United States. You'd drive all night. You'd do whatever it took. Yeah, because you'd think it would be a, a very special privilege yes. to be able to talk with a yes. man in that high office. Right. 
And by the way, most of us probably think there are a few things we'd like to tell him. Uh, so we'd take the, we would jump at that chance. Okay. Well, that just pales. I mean, it's, it's not even in the same realm as the privilege of being able to speak to the almighty creator right. of the universe. Right. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 15, For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Let us, therefore, come boldly into the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. We get to approach the throne of God. Through a high priest who knows what we're going through. Yeah. I mean, that's an added benefit. That's sort of like a a, a multiplier of the privilege. It's it's like unbelievable. Yeah. And so we should should be motivated to take advantage of that. I mean, it's, it's really overwhelming when we stop to meditate about it that God would care to hear from us. Right. Why on earth would he care to know what I have to say? Right. But he does. Right. And then we sort of take it for granted, neglect it. It's, it's uh, yeah, oh, I just don't have time to do that right now. Yeah. You know, it's it's actually an affront to God, I think, when we, when we uh, neglect prayer as much as I think we probably usually do. All right. Good motivation for us as we talk about prayer and think about it. And Chris in Atlanta says, God communicates to us through his word. We communicate to God through prayer. We have an amazing privilege of being able to approach God, the creator of the universe, and tell him what is on our minds. We have the amazing privilege of God, the holiest being in all of creation, actually listening to the Christian when he prays. If we take a moment to reflect on who God is and who we are before we pray, then we'll have a much greater appreciation of what is occurring. Yeah, I think that's a great observation. And and so uh, maybe the very first point we want to emphasize in our study about prayer tonight is think about what it is. Yes. It's talking to God, the ultimate creator of the entire universe. I mean, the all-powerful uh, God of heaven. And you get to talk to him, and he promises to listen to that. And uh, and tell him your needs. And, and uh, can you imagine, I mean, how the needs must I mean. Our needs are so insignificant when you think about the entire world, and yet he's concerned about those. He wants to know, and he's capable of answering any and all of our needs. You know, if you called me up, Jacob, and said, I need this or that, you know, very often I might have said, man, I'm sorry, I can't help you with that. You know, but if you called on God, he promises to hear and answer prayer. It's an amazing thing. And, you know, it's... I confess personally, uh, taking it for granted yes. and neglecting it. We should never do that. Yes. All right. Uh, good comments. Uh, 877-381-4567. Questions at collegeview.com. If you're in the chat room tonight, uh, sign in by visiting or clicking on the bottom of the chat window. Sign in with chat roll, and you have no personal information to divulge. You can even use a pseudonym. Uh, use the name that they give you as guest 837, who is coming in late. Has done guest eight thirty seven just accepted the name that chat roll gave, or you can give yourself a name. Yeah. So uh, get in the chat room and let's get talking. All right. So that was the first question. That was a pretty easy one, but I think an, an important one, Jacob. Yes. Let's move on to Kevin's question because there's several yes. parts to it. Uh, he asked for us to comment about several things related to prayer, including when should we pray? When should we pray? So okay. well, let's talk about that. Some interesting uh, approaches here. Uh, Anthony has uh, looked at various passages in the New Testament that tell us when we should pray. Uh, Anthony says at all seasons, Ephesians 6, 17, and 18. We should pray steadfastly, uh, Colossians 4, verse 2, 
First Thessalonians 5, verse 17 says, without ceasing. So that's when we should pray. We should pray without ceasing. Mark 135 says, in the morning. Mark, or Acts 16, verse 15 says, at midnight. Uh, Luke 24, verse 30 says, before a meal, if you desire. And uh, before death, Acts 7, verse 60, and Matthew 26, verse 36. Interesting uh, passages that Anthony highlights there for us. I think that's great. I mean, that's, that's some good work there, Anthony. Just highlighting all the various times when we read in the Bible about different ones praying, some of those references were even to our Lord Jesus Christ himself yes. engaged yes. in prayer. If mm-hmm. he felt the need to pray and the importance of prayer, certainly it should be important to us. But basic, I think the basic answer is any time. Uh, pray, pray more, pray often, pray anytime. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chris in Atlanta says we are to pray often, any time of day or night. First Thessalonians five seventeen, pray without ceasing. And that's not telling you you got to pray twenty four hours a day, seven days a week, but it yeah, is he saying says, it needs to be a continual, recurring practice. That's right. He says this verse does not mean to pray twenty four seven, but it means we should have a regular habit of praying, yes. always in the mind to pray. Uh, I think is the idea of that. If you if if you were to pray 24/7, then you couldn't do all the other things you're supposed to be doing too. Right. So obviously, it's not saying you can't. You, you can never cease the the very function of prayer, but it means that you should never stop the regular practice of prayer. Right. You know, uh, we eat without ceasing. Yes. That doesn't mean I've constantly got something in my mouth, but I don't miss many meals. You right. know, I, I, I keep at it. I, I, right. I eat without ceasing. Right. And so we pray without ceasing. There's kind of an interesting, uh, in, in regards to the when question, Jacob, there's kind of an interesting example from the great Bible hero Daniel. In Daniel chapter 6, mm-hmm. I think many of our listeners will remember Daniel chapter 6 is Daniel in the lion's den uh-huh. uh, situation. Remember uh, that the other, uh, his contemporaries were very jealous of him because he was promoted uh, and, and succeeding Mm-hmm. Uh, and they were jealous of his position in the government. And so they they convinced the king, who, who agreed without thinking, to, to establish an edict that no one could pray except to him. Right. Well, Daniel wasn't going to stop praying that to God. Hunt, no. And so uh, in Daniel 6, verse 10, when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he went. In fact, the, the reason why they made why, why those jealous contemporaries of Daniel made that rule? Because they knew he would keep. They knew praying. what was going on. They knew his practice, and they knew yeah. we wouldn't stop it. Yeah. And so, but but here was Daniel's reaction when Daniel knew that the writing was signed. He went into his house, and his windows being open in his chamber toward Jerusalem, he kneeled upon his knees three times a day, and prayed and gave thanks before his God as he did aforetime. Yeah. And so there were three times, regular times in the day that Daniel appointed for praying. And uh, so he was consistent. There's your that. definition of without ceasing. He was so consistent that those others knew he would do it. Yeah. You know, and yeah. so and he didn't hide it. And he and yeah. even when they when he when he his safety was threatened because of his practice yeah. prayer, he didn't stop it. Yeah. You know, that's inter- what's interesting on a side note there. Daniel and Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego are interesting characters. They weren't the only Jews that uh, were there at that time. Hey, that's a nice ringtone you got there, Jeff. Yeah. <laughs> They uh, they weren't the only Jews that uh, that had been taken captive, but it seems like they may have been the only ones who were being faithful. Uh, well, in it, it, yeah, and in this case in particular, because Daniel had been elevated to such a high yeah. rank in the government, yeah. he was a target. Yeah, they were they, looking they for were him. jealous of him. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, but Daniel is a, is a worthy example. You know, uh, this week there's been a lot of comment about the Muslims and their practice of religion. Yeah. But you know, uh, uh, over there. 
they actually sound an, a, a chime or a bell or a, they, they, yeah. there's a call to prayer at set yeah. times throughout the day. Yeah. I'm not saying that we ought to have a, a, a mandated, organized call to prayer, but there ought to be certain things, I think, that trigger us to pray. Yeah. For instance, at mealtime, it ought to be a given that right. we pray at mealtime. Right. You know, that's a that's an easy thing to remember to do, and just and, and so there's there's a time that we can make a regular practice of prayer. Uh, I think it's very beneficial first thing in the morning to pray, get your mm-hmm. day start off prayer. It's certainly helpful to end your day with prayer. Right. You know, so if you think of certain times of the day that that can help you remember. To pray, make it a habit. Make it a habit, not not a rote habit. No, no. But make it a routine right. that you that you practice on a regular daily basis. Okay. All right. Well, we're going to take a break, and uh, when we get back, where can you pray? Quantity. How often and and should you pray? Public or private? What are some uh, some things that we need to know about uh, that? Uh, we're looking at prayer on the program tonight. John says prayer should not be compulsory. We should pray because we want to let our request and thanksgiving be made known to God. And as if we understand the privilege of prayer and we understand uh, what we're doing there, who we're talking to, it, the idea of it being compulsory, that, that sort of will go away, won't it? I think in, in response to John's comment there, I think that that's what the Muslims are doing. Compulsory. That they're making the prayers compulsory. Yeah. And and I agree with John that it should not be. In other words, I should not be able to tell you, you've got to pray five times a day right. or, or you're not right. Right. Uh, it, it should be a, a a willing thing. We should not see it as a, a an ob, a dreaded obligation, but as a great opportunity. You're not saying that the the Muslim religion is a great and honorable religion, as our Secretary of State did today. I, no, I didn't say that. And I, I wouldn't either. Uh, Jeff, uh, get us to a break, and when we get back, we'll take your thoughts. Don't go anywhere. We'll continue right after this. These guys are doing all of the talking. We need to hear from you. Call in now. The Virtual Bible Study continues right after this. I'm Greg Gwynn, a host of the Virtual Bible Study. Thanks for joining us for tonight's program. The Virtual Bible Study is presented weekly by the College View Church of Christ in Columbia, Tennessee. Each week on the Virtual Bible Study, we simply engage in a study of God's Word in an effort to better understand it, better understand how God views us, and better understand what He wants from us in our lives. We're not studying any creeds. We're not studying any books written by men. We're just studying the Bible. And we're trying to study the Bible alone without any of our opinions or wisdom mixed in. We're only interested in what our Creator has revealed to us in his word. We realize that we're fallible and cannot direct our own steps. As a result, what we think or feel doesn't really matter. All that matters is what God has said. So that's what the virtual Bible study is all about. It's pretty simple, isn't it? Thanks again for joining us tonight, and we hope you'll make plans to join us every Thursday night for the virtual Bible study. Do you remember when the emphasis of the work of the church was on teaching the gospel, converting the lost, and strengthening the saints? Can you recall good old-fashioned gospel preaching that appealed to the Bible as the sole and final authority in all religious matters? Are you tired of seeing churches that seem much more interested in social events and entertainment than in simply following the New Testament pattern? Would you love to hear lessons from the pulpit like you used to hear? Do you want to find a church that is still doing things the way you remember from years ago? If these things describe the way you are feeling, please visit us soon. Come and see. Visit us at the College View Church of Christ. Broadcasting around the world with truths that are out of this world. The Virtual Bible Study. Take it away, guys. We're back on the program tonight as uh, we talk about prayer on the program, and we look forward to your comments. 877-381-4567. Questions at collegeview.com. 
talking about prayer, how it is an opportunity to talk to our Creator. We should not, uh, as John has said, feel uh, obligated to do that. We should uh, want to do that and want to take advantage of that. And the question is, where can you take advantage of that? All right, so Kevin's second part of his question was, we, we, we talked about when should we pray, and the answer is any time. And he, and he asked, where should we pray? Chris says, anywhere you happen to be, at home, at work, in the car, outside, and so forth. Yeah. I think that's the obvious and, and general answer. Anywhere. Uh, Anthony has done his homework real well tonight, and he, he mentioned several things. Uh, yeah, he's going back and getting scriptural references for his answers. That's yeah, good. He, he mentions in the assembly of the saints, 1 Timothy 2, 8. But he also mentioned Jonah prayed in the whale's belly. Paul's, I hope I don't ever have to do that. Right. Paul prayed in Paul and Silas prayed in prison. I Acts, hope I don't ever have to Acts do that. 16. Yeah. Jesus prayed in the garden before his arrest. I could do that. Uh, Lydia and others were assembled by the river in Philippi mm-hmm. for prayer. I've done that before. And he, then he says that you could really make a fun exercise. I think that's probably true. Okay. And he has not exhausted the possibilities there, no, I think. So there's just a lots of different times and places where we could and should be praying. Uh, in, in response to what Chris said about praying in the car, you know, I find that a worthy enterprise to, you know, as you're going down the road, turn off the radio and spend some time in prayer. Obviously, you can't close your eyes, but who said you had to close your eyes to pray? That's true. And who said so you have you, to uh, hold your hand? Yeah. It's kind of hard to hold steering wheel like that, it but is. you can do it. Yeah. Okay. Oh, you no, can. <laughs> okay. No, I'm just saying. Uh, I knew a fellow that I respected a lot who who discounted that as not being uh, a, a good prayer because you weren't uh, you were focused on more than one thing. You weren't just focused on prayer. You were focused on uh, your driving too. But you know, well, what, I hope you were. But, what, but, you know, when we're in a car and somebody else is in the car with them, we can carry on a conversation yeah. while yeah. we're driving. I mean, yeah. driving doesn't prevent you from being able to engage mentally yeah. uh, and conversationally with right. others. And that's what we're doing with God. We're engaged mentally yeah. and conversationally in prayer with God. Right. So I think in the car is worthwhile. I know somebody in the chat room may want to add their think so about that, but uh, I, don't, I don't have a problem with that. All right. John says you should wait till you can buy a self-driving car. And that's supposed then, to be on the way. Is it? Yeah. Wow. Uh, mm, I don't know if it could do any better than I can, though. Uh, uh, John says he's calling it a Google car. I didn't know. Google may be the ones trying to develop that, but I read just recently where somebody was trying to develop a self-driving car. Okay. All right. Well, that's, John will be on the list, I'm sure. He's a tech guy, yes, so he he'll probably have one. He'll probably be one of the first ones yes, to have it. Yeah, he probably has some kind of prayer app on his uh, on his iPad there. <laughs> Uh, we're, you know, we're just teasing you, John. Okay. Now, um, all right, so you can pray anywhere. Right, There's so, no limitation on that. That's a, it's, it's portable, and uh, you can take it with you. And we should. So we should. both of those things, anytime, anywhere, would both indicate that, again, we should use that privilege frequently. Yeah. Uh, now, this goes to the next part of, of, of uh, Kevin's question. He says, what about the quantity of prayer? Um, first Thessalonians uh, and and uh, Chris says First Thessalonians five seventeen says to pray without ceasing. Does this mean all day and night? But teaches us this does not mean all day and night. But teaches us to pray often. How much is between you and God? But how you can how can you have a relationship with anyone if you are not regularly communicating with them? I think that's a good question. So, concerning the quantity of prayer, uh, that's going to be a personal decision. Yeah. Right. 
But I, I, I think most Christians, I, I'm, and I'm certainly in that category, I, I'd like to see myself do more. Yes. You know, we, we shouldn't be complacent and say, oh, well, you know, I prayed yeah. five minutes yesterday. I have plenty. Yeah. You know, again, thinking about what it is in, re, in, reaction, in relationship to speaking with the creator of the universe, this should not be something we're nonchalant about. This, this is something we should want to do more of, not just sort of make sure we touch all the bases okay. uh, in, a, in a rote fashion. Yes. Uh, and Anthony mistook your question here, and uh, but he, uh, in a good way. I mean, these are good comments. He says we could have short or long prayers as far as the quantity. Uh, so he says you could uh, you could have a short prayer, the model prayer, Stephen's prayer, if you consider it such, uh, Jesus in the garden, Matthew twenty six thirty nine. Uh, so you could have short prayers, and then he references Jesus's prayer in John seventeen as being a longer prayer. Uh, yeah, and I, I'd have to look it up. One place it says Jesus spent all night in yeah. prayer, mm-hmm. and I think that was just preceding when he named his apostles. Mm-hmm. But uh, how often have any of us spent all night in prayer? So obviously prayers can be, and it's it's uh, worthwhile to engage in lengthy times of prayer. Yep. But that's a really interesting note in the book of Nehemiah. Yeah, I was I had that pulled up because yeah. I was reading that the other day, and you, you highlighted that for me uh, a while back. In yeah. Nehemiah chapter 2, verse 4. Right. Nehemiah, was he was the cupbearer to the king. Right. And you don't want to have a sour look on your face when you go before the king because he could cut your have your head cut off for doing that. Right. You don't you want know, to make him mad. You, 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 in other words, you're there at his pleasure, and you don't want to look like you're troubled or right. you know, not, not uh, in a good mood or something. Right. Uh, and in Nehemiah chapter 2, it came to pass in the month of Nisan, Nisan in the twelfth year of Artaxerxes the king, that wine was before him, and I took up the wine and gave it to the king. Now I had not been before time sad in his presence. Wherefore the king said to me, Why is thy countenance sad, seeing thou art not sick? This is nothing else but sorrow of heart. Then I was sore afraid. Nehemiah knew, uh-oh, you know, this, is not, this is not a good thing. Yeah. And said to the king, Let the king live forever. Forever, why should not my countenance be sad when the city, the place of my father's sepulchres, lieth waste, and the gates thereof are consumed with fire? Then the king said to me, well, What dost thou make request? So I prayed to the God of heaven, and I said to the king, If it please the king, then he went on to make his request about being able to restore Jerusalem. Okay. How long do you think that prayer was? Not long. I would say the king would, wouldn't uh, tolerate he, waiting. Yeah, yeah. He wasn't. He, the king wasn't going to wait even for a couple of minutes. Yeah. Nehemiah was just going to close his eyes and fold his hands and stand there for even a couple of minutes. That had to have been a God help me make the right answer and then give the king his answer. You right. know, it, it couldn't have been more than just a couple of seconds. Right. And so, and and Nehemiah, of course, also is a great hero of the faith, and and his example there is set forth for us to learn from. So. I would say you can have incredibly short prayers, and then there should be times when we engage in lengthy periods of prayer. Guest 837 says, in the darkest moment of a struggle, simply praying, God help me, catches our Father's ear. I think so. I think that's right. Okay. Thank you for that uh, comment, Guest 837. All right. So in regards, uh, this is sort of a dual question. What about quantity and quality? Kevin says, as long as it's from the heart and in accordance with God's will, uh, then it will be proper and of the highest quality. Okay. And I think uh, Anthony has skipped that. Okay. Oh, no, 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 he hasn't. He's saying you need to do it with humility, Luke eight thirteen, with faith, James 1, 6, 
with fervor, James 5, 16, and in the Holy Ghost, Jude 1, verse 20. Yeah, and, and I appreciate Anthony bringing up James 5 because there's a word there that we ought to uh, pay special attention to. Uh, he said in James five sixteen, the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. So we need to be fervent in prayer. Again, that would suggest the idea that we're not just going through the motions, but yeah. that we're really that we're really sincere and genuine about making this approach to the throne of God's grace and asking of the things that right. we need. Right. Uh, part of that also, uh, maybe maybe one of the things we haven't mentioned that we should mention that in in regards to these prayers, prayer ought to be more than just asking for stuff. Yeah. You know, there, there's a lot more to prayer than that. Certainly, that's part of prayer, and we're privileged to be able right. to ask God the things we need. Prayer ought to also include uh, a lot of thanksgiving to God for what he has already done and a lot of praise, just praising God for who he is and what he is. Right. When we read in the Bible, I, I, this is one of the things I really appreciate about reading in the Psalms. There's just lengthy passages there that are devoted to praising God. Right. And I, I don't think we're real good at that. I think we can get better. We should try to be better at extending praise to God for He's certainly worthy of that. Right. All right. 877-381-4567. Questions at collegeu.com are the ways you participate in the program. We're going to take a break and get this week's bullet Real quick point. before we go to that, real, uh, Jeff has asked a question. Jeff is on our board tonight, but he put yeah, in, Jeff. what about repetition in prayer? And guest 837 makes an interesting point, Jeff. Paul prayed three times for the same thing about his thorn in the flesh. You know, uh, uh in Jesus, now I'm going to have to look for this for this reference. When Jesus was in the garden, uh, uh, he, he prayed three times with, and it says in one of the accounts with the very same words. Uh, and uh, well, let's see here. Mark's account. No. Why don't you? Uh, uh, okay, I'll why look. Why don't we for pose that. that question for our break, Jeff? Uh, you want to add any more? Uh, th- comments as far as what were you meaning with your your question there well um it's um in matthew chapter six it talks about meaningless repetition repetitions yes but i'm talking but um i think sometimes we say we repeat i mean you'll hear a pattern of the way we say prayers where we'll start saying the same words but i also believe that as long as we have the right meaning in heart it's okay right 1439 matthew 26 44 also says when he was in the garden before his arrest, he left his disciples and went away again and prayed the third time, saying the same words. So, I mean, that's obviously repetition, but it's not vain repetition, Jeff, and I think you're right on All that. Right. Now, I, we'll pose another question for the break, too. You can comment on that one during the break. Also, is there? do you ever, do you ever stop praying for something? Do you ever say, okay, well, I've asked, and, that's, and we're going to leave it at that? We might talk about that when we get back. All right, 877-381-4567. Questions at collegeview.com. Don't go anywhere. We're back right after this. After these important messages, we'll be back to take your comments. Email them during this break. This is Greg Gwynn with this week's Bullet Point. There have been several studies published concerning couples that live together before marriage. 
A University of Wisconsin study stated that, quote, couples who live together before getting married separate and divorce in greater numbers than couples who go straight to the altar. Within 10 years of marriage, 38% of those who live together had split up compared to 27% of those who simply married. Some experts are surprised at these findings. For years, they've told us that a period of living together prior to marriage helps to ensure the compatibility of the particular man and woman. This trial period will, according to these advocates, point out any glaring differences in personal taste, living habits, and especially in sexual appetites. These experiments in living together should then guarantee that those who ultimately decide to get married will be the most perfectly suited to one another and their marriage will be strong, healthy, and long-lived. Such reasoning is seriously flawed and these reports confirm what God's Word has been saying for thousands of years. These live-together arrangements and any subsequent marriages are headed for major trouble for one simple reason, lack of commitment. If a man and a woman are unwilling at any point in their relationship to make the total commitment that marriage requires, as we say, for better or worse, in sickness and in health, for richer, for poorer, etc., then they have no business together at all. The Bible says this living together is fornication and will damn one's soul to hell. Read 1 Corinthians 6, verses 9 through 11. So as in all things, we see that following God's instructions are best for both this current life as well as the life which is to come. That's this week's bullet point. Think about it. Do you remember when you went to church and heard sermons that clearly set forth the New Testament plan of salvation? Can you recall when churches rang out with lessons that plainly exposed false teachers and false doctrines? Can you think back to a time when preachers and members of the church were set for the defense of the gospel, Philippians 1.17? If you are craving to find a congregation that is like the church you can remember from years ago, like the church back in the first century, please visit with us soon. We're trying hard to be a church just like the church you remember, like the one you read about in the Bible. Come and see. Visit us at the College View Church of Christ this Sunday morning at 9.30 a.m. Quit checking your email. The commercials are over and the virtual Bible study is ready to roll. Take it away, guys. And we're checking our email. It's questions at collegeview.com. If you'd like to check in and weigh in with your thoughts on prayer on the program tonight, we remind you this program is brought to you by the College View Church of Christ in Columbia, Tennessee. Find out more about us by visiting our website, thevirtualbiblestudy.com. If you're in the Columbia, Tennessee area or passing through in your travels, we would encourage you to come and worship with us anytime. We meet on Sunday mornings at 9.30, Sunday evenings at 6, Wednesday evenings at 7. You're welcome at any of these assemblies. We encourage you to come and worship with the College U Church of Christ. As we talk about prayer, we talk, ask the question about repetition uh, before the break. We also ask the question about is there ever a time when you quit asking uh, for, for something? Uh, you ever reach a point where you say, I've asked God, and maybe the answer is no. Well, yeah, I think that that's a possibility. Uh, and yep. there are some things we're told not to pray for. For instance, I was thinking when you said that in 1 John chapter 5, uh, if you see your brother, 1 John 5, verse 16, if any man see his brother sin a sin which is not to death, he shall ask and he shall give him life for them yeah. that sin not to death. There is a sin unto death. I do not say that he shall pray for it. In other words, John saying there's some things you shouldn't pray for. Yeah. And if my brother won't repent then I should not be praying for him to be forgiven because God's not going to forgive him uh, if he's not going to repent. There's no you way. Should, yeah. Don't pray for things that would be against the will of God. Don't pray for things that are just selfish in nature. James 4, verse 3 says, You ask and receive not because you ask and miss it. You may consume it upon your own lust. If it's just out of selfish mo- motivation, we shouldn't ask for that as well. But, you know, one of the things that I think we should include in prayer is prayer for the lost. Uh, you know, something along the line of help us to find those who are seeking and teach them the truth. You know, help us help us to to be able to find and bring people to Christ. That, yeah. and I think that's the kind of prayer you'd never stop praying. Yeah. 
Yeah, and uh, uh, one one thing I had in mind with the question, you know, Paul had the thorn in the flesh. He prayed three times that it might uh, go away. Of course, now he may have had special revelation where he was told that, uh, you know, it wasn't going to go away. But there's still maybe a principle there is that you, you, you finally accept it and move on. As Kevin said, we might quit praying for something once we have become content without it or with it. Yeah. Uh, so. Yeah. All right. Uh, uh, guest eight thirty seven says Daniel prayed and the angel delayed three weeks because of other responsibilities. Hmm. Okay. Interesting. All right. Um, you know, when you stop thinking about it, and these references are pointing out, the Bible talks a lot about prayer. There's just a lot of information in the Bible about prayer. It's oh, yeah. not. It's a, it's, it's, it's not a, hard to find t- uh, material. Oh, there's all kind of information about prayer. All right. Bible. Jeff posed a question about repetition. Guest eight thirty seven says Catholics are taught to pray the Rosary repeatedly. And anything that would be repeated, as Jeff has called us to uh, attention, is that we need to make sure that it wouldn't be a vain repetition. You know, if I've just got a memorized phrase that I'm just chanting, sort of repeating it over and over again, then I think now we're talking about, Jeff, now I think we're talking about vain repetitions. Now I think that could be vain repetitions if it's just just a, a rote, memorized phrase that I keep repeating. I think we need to be careful about that, that in our prayers we don't use some expressions without thinking of meaning. You know, we mentioned on the virtual Bible study several weeks ago some of the expressions, you know, that that you hear in public prayers that they're, they're kind of phony because we, it's not the kind of language that right. we typically use. You know, give the preacher a ready recollection of the things yes. he's prepared yes. to say. Yes. Uh, guide, guard, and direct us. Well, guide, guard, and direct is not a bad petition to put for God, but is that the way you normally talk? I mean, do you understand what you're saying? Or are you just spouting a a a rote phrase? Yeah, I think it. I mean, that that's a phrase that's a little bit repetitious. There, I think guide and direct are pretty much the same words. I think. But, so uh, we, you know, in regards to Kevin's question about the quality of our prayers, make sure you know you you you're saying things that are meaningful and that have purpose. All right, eight seven seven three eight one four five six seven. John in Oklahoma says Paul requested prayers in Colossians four verses two through four. He desired the brethren pray that God would open to us a door for the word to speak the mystery of Christ. Although Paul, although not stated, I would suspect the brethren prayed repeatedly on Paul's behalf, and so uh, certainly those kinds of things. But it wouldn't be a vain repetition. I don't believe it would have been something they were. Uh, sincere about asking. Uh, Kevin mentions from Acts 6, verse 4, the apostle said, we will give ourselves continually to prayer mm, and the ministry a, of the word. Good example. Uh, John says, praying to hear yourself pray would fall into the category of vain repetitions. I think yes. that's right. And you, you got to be real careful about judging men's hearts. Right. But we can't do that. But probably all of us have been in circumstances in worship services where you wondered if the guy was, you know, just going on and on. Right. To hear himself talk, or to yeah. ha- or, or hoping that others be impressed to hear him talk, and Jesus, you know, described that in Matthew chapter six in the Sermon on the Mount. Yeah. He talked about the, the the hypocrites who would make loud prayers in public places to draw a crowd and right. attention to themselves. Right. So okay. that's the problem. All right. All right. Let's talk. That leads us to the last part. We're going to have to hurry up here, Jacob. That leads us to the last part of Kevin's question. What about public and private prayers? What can we say to distinguish those? Chris in Atlanta says about public prayers, is it good to pray in public? Sure, as long as it's done decently and not boastfully. Some accepted examples are leading a prayer in church or praying before meals in public. Okay. All right. It, it, so it's it, certainly in church services, in, in the assemblies of the saints, 
when Christians are assembled, we can find multiple examples of Christians praying yeah. when they were assembled together. And so there's there's certainly not uh, wrong with anything wrong with that. In Acts chapter 20, when Paul had met with the Ephesian elders, it says when he had finished speaking, he kneeled down and prayed with them all. And they wept sore and fell on Paul's neck and kissed him, sorrowing most of all for the words which he spake, that they should see his face no more. Yeah. So I think example, plenty of examples like that that we could reference concerning the fact that Christians in, a, in unison, together with one another, did pray. How about pray, praying in a public pray, a place, maybe for when you're at a, at a restaurant? You're or making a, uh, yeah, when you're at the restaurant. You're making a scene there. You're just trying to show off. Well, I want to ask you about that because Jesus in Matthew chapter 6 said, And when thou prayest, verse 5, thou shalt not be as the hypocrites are, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and in the corners of the streets that they may be seen of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. But if but thou, when thou prayest, enter into thy closet, and when thou hast shut thy door, pray to thy father, which is in secret, and thy father which seeth in uh, secret shall reward thee openly. Is Jesus uh, forbidding a prayer before our meal at the restaurant? Uh, I don't think that's the same thing that they were doing. Theirs was a... We're not doing that for the purpose of drawing attention to ourselves. Okay. Right. Uh, they were... Uh, uh, let's see. I was trying to uh, in in Acts chapter twenty seven when Paul was on the ship and they were about to be shipwrecked. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Uh. He he told the men uh, he said that God was going to protect them. I'm sorry for the delay here. In Acts twenty seven thirty three, that while the day was coming on, Paul besought them all to take meat, saying, "This day is the fourteenth day that you've tarried and continued fasting, having taken nothing." Wherefore, I pray you to take some meat, for this is for your health, for there shall not a hair fall from the head of any of you. And when he had thus spoken, he took bread and gave thanks to God in presence of them all. And when he had broken uh-huh. it, he began to eat. Uh-huh. So there's a gap example. Good of example. Pray yeah. before eating, yeah. before the others. But yeah. he, he was doing it, obviously, genuinely and sincerely and not for the purpose of making a show. Good, good, com- good connection there. All right. All right. And then the other part of that, real quickly, private prayers. Uh, uh, oh, wait a minute. Let's see. Uh we get Anthony on public prayer. Uh, no, clearly public prayer is authorized, and it would of necessity be subject to the same qualifications as private prayer. Of course, our public prayer should not be done to be seen of men, Luke 18. I've heard it said that we shouldn't quote Scripture in public prayer or state biblical truths, etc., but this is what was done in Acts 4, verses 24 through 30. Yeah. You know, I used to make that. I, I actually one time wrote an article, I think, or maybe made a point in the lesson. I don't remember what it was. In which I made the point, I don't see any advantage to quoting Scripture in prayer. Yeah. Uh, God's the one who gave those Scriptures. He knows what they are. We don't have to. We yeah. don't have to be reciting them to Him. But our good friend Aaron over in Singapore sent me an email and said, you know, he he saw it a different way, and he changed my thinking on that. Actually, changed my mind. Aaron often challenges my thinking. Yeah, it's not a bad thing to say. I remember, Jacob, I remember what you've always said to me. Right. And then I say, you know, you've always said. Can I have some money? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jacob, I always remember that you have said, do you have any money you can lend me? Yeah. No. But, you know, if someone told you something, gave you some wise counsel, right. and then you were, you recited it back to me, I never forgot what you told me right. on that occasion. That's a good thing. Right. And so right. Uh, Aaron uh, convinced me that it's not necessarily a bad thing to quote various things uh, that God has revealed in his word. All right. John says, what is it, your motive? Is the prayer uh, obligatory? Uh, is the prayer put on uh, to put on a show, or is the prayer 
uh, directed to God out of a sincere and thankful heart. I think the reasons for prayer would answer the question of whether or not to pray a public prayer. So appreciate that, John, and we would we would agree with that as well. It would depend on your heart and your motivation. All right. Uh, and and Chris in Atlanta said about private prayers. Private prayer is very important as it is where you have an opportunity to pour your heart out to God and tell him your innermost thoughts. Some say that you must kneel or literally go, literally go into a closet. I do not believe uh, the scriptures teach us either. We should do it respectfully and from the heart. God is not as concerned with the mechanics as he is the intents and contents of our heart. I think that's right. We're not told a specific stance or position that we have to acquire. Uh, we're just supposed to pray. Okay. All right. All right. We but, but Anthony says the thing that comes to mind the most about private prayer is that it's our chance to bear our soul to God. One of my favorite scriptures reminds me of this, Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. Uh, be careful for nothing. Yeah. John in the chat room says, regarding the use of scripture in prayer, prayer is not a time to teach the brethren. And I, and I think we have to be on guard against that. I think sometimes I hear prayers that I wonder if the guy is trying to make a point to God or trying to make a point to some others who are in the yeah, audience. Right. Prayer is not a time to be teaching the brethren, but to pray to God. However, a person might be taught during the prayer by the use of scriptures. Just thought we might make a point that would touch someone's heart, but that's not our purpose in prayer. There's another. There's another time of the, of the yeah. service to do that. Let you take care of that, huh? <laughs> well, there are other ways to yeah. make a point right. to someone who needs to be taught, but our prayer is to God, not okay. to man. All right, we're going to take a break, and we we'll go to the top of the hour. Two more questions to go. What things would interfere with our prayers, and those should be avoided. And uh, you meant, like, certain things in our schedules or in our daily lives, and uh, our listeners took it as certain characteristics or problems in our lives. So we'll talk about both of those. And then prayer and fasting will be the last question that we get to. Okay. Don't go anywhere. The virtual Bible study continues right after this. Are you listening? There's going to be a test on this stuff. Stay tuned. The virtual Bible study will be right back after this. Hi, I'm Jack Coleman, a member of the College View Church of Christ with a suggestion for you and your family. Why not turn off the TV on Thursday nights and gather the family around the computer for an hour of in-depth Bible study? The virtual Bible study always involves subjects of importance and interest to serious Bible students. So, why not join this Internet Bible study group every Thursday night? Hello. Hey, Matt. No, I don't have any plans for Friday night. What are you doing? Oh, I won't be able to go with you to watch that movie. Because, Matt, the movie is rated R. Hey, why don't you just come over and hang out at my house Friday night? Great, I'll see you there. Being pleasing to God means that you may have to be different than the crowd. But don't be afraid to stand up for what's right. It just might find it is easier than what you expect. A message brought to you by College of Church Christ. Use your internet connection for something good. Listen to the virtual Bible study every week. Now, back to the program. Welcome back to the program tonight as we talk about prayer and we examine some of Kevin's questions. Kevin says, sometimes we hear the prayer speaking to the group rather than directed toward God. Speaking about God and the third person when he is the listener to our communication would be something that should be avoided as well. That's a tip-off. You know, that that if if in the course of the prayer... God becomes a third-person reference. It's pretty sure. It's pretty obvious I'm talking to you instead of him. If if I'm talking about him and making a point to you, I'm praying to him. So I I should be speaking to him. In God the wants us to do this or that, right? Yeah. Okay. All right. Good point. Okay. All right. So the third question we asked was, what are some of the things that interfere with our prayers and thus should be avoided? 
Tristan Atlanta said, I'm not exactly sure what's being asked, but some things I see that would interfere with our prayers would be improper motives. Right. God is not Santa Claus or a magic genie in a lamp that exists mm. to grant our wishes. He is the almighty creator of the universe. We exist to serve God. God does not exist to serve us, even though he has already given us infinitely more than we can repay or deserve. If we have hatred in our heart or other sins, then our prayers will be impeded. From a material standpoint, we should find a time and place that will not be interrupted by phone calls, emails, TV blaring, and so forth. That's Chris is, is commenting along the lines of what I had in mind. I was thinking as an example, it's just one example, but I was thinking in 1 Peter chapter 3, uh, Paul says, verse 7, Likewise, ye husbands, dwell with your wives according to knowledge, giving honor to the wife as the weaker vessel, and as being heirs together of the grace of life, that your prayers be not hindered. Yeah. I think he's talking there about the fact that if, if my wife and I don't have you know have a good relationship, if, if we're if we're battling and warring in our marriage right. relationship, it's going to keep me from being able to engage in prayer effectively. You know, I've always illustrated that by you know a really good example of the meaning of that verse is after you've just had an argument in your family, try to sit down immediately and pray to God. It's 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 almost impossible to do that. Well, and so I'm, things like that, uh, family strife, uh, interference from you right. know. Uh, TV or the computer or other things that we, we won't shut it off long enough to spend some time in prayer. Those things are keeping us from engaging in effective prayer. Okay. Uh, Anthony references James 4, verse 3, a selfish attitude, failure to honor one's wife, First Peter 3, verse 7, being lost in sin, John 9, 31. Okay. Uh, so there we go. So get rid of the things in your life that tend to make it harder for you to pray. If it's a busy schedule... If it's your TV and you're so addicted to TV that you can't turn it off long right. enough to pray, uh, if it's strife between your wife and your husband, a wife and a husband, parents, children, brethren in the church, right. if, we're, if we're so yeah, tore up and fighting that we can't even engage in prayer together, then get rid of those things. Yes. All right. So uh, I think that, that that's a uh, an important thing to think about. What we said earlier. Probably all of us acknowledge we should be spending more time in prayer. Right. Now, if that's so, then something's keeping us from doing it. Yeah. What is it? Mm. And and Anthony mentioned just a selfish attitude. Uh, I think that may be the biggest thing. I just, you know, a person might say, I don't think a person would come out and say this, but a person might really in the deepest caverns of his heart be saying, just hate to spend that much time. I hate to invest the time. I got stuff. I got to do stuff. Uh, if, if I if I spend 15 minutes in prayer, it's going to make me late to my next appointment. And I got to make that appointment, or I've got to see that TV show, or I, I'm just too busy to pray. Well, that's a selfish attitude. Okay, it is. All right. Uh, quickly before the program is over tonight, you posed the question about prayer and fasting from First Corinthians 7 verse 5. And you said, should we be fasting in conjunction with our prayers? Yeah, let's look at that verse. Okay. Yeah, I think most of our listeners will remember there in 1 Corinthians 7, uh, Paul was talking about husbands and wife, and he was specifically talking about the intimate relationship between husband and wife. And he said, in regards to that intimate relationship of marriage, he says, defraud ye not one another, except it be with consent for a time, that ye may give yourselves to fasting and prayer. Mm-hmm. And come together again that Satan tempt you not for your incontinency. Uh, and so 
Paul there spoke of that. I mean, he wasn't. He obviously wasn't wasn't just the context is not about prayer. It's about the marriage relationship. And he he puts that in there as almost an understood given. Right. That there would be times when you would devote yourself to fasting and prayer. Right. And I just wonder if as Christians today we overlook that and and don't practice fasting in conjunction with our prayers as frequently as we should. Okay, well, Jesus referenced a time when his disciples would pray and fast after the bridegroom had left in Matthew chapter 9, again, alluding to the fact, not making a command, can't find that command, but you can find allusion to the fact uh, that that, that fasting would uh, take place in the Christian era. i got a list here, Jacob, of great heroes of the Bible. It mentions them fasting. Moses, David, Elijah, Esther, Daniel, Anna, Paul, and, of course, most of all, Jesus. Pretty good list. Very impressive list of people who did fast. Um, in the Old Testament, there were in, instructed times of fasting. I think the difference is that in, in our day and time, there are no instructed times. Of, in other words, we're no mandated times when we must be fasting. And that may be one of the reasons why we neglect it and don't do it. I, I, we're not commanded to, but plenty of statements uh, in the scripture imply that we would be. For instance, in the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew chapter 6, Jesus said, Moreover, when ye fast, be not as hypocrites. He didn't say if you fast. Mm. He said when you do. Mm-hmm. And the implication is there that it was given. There will be times of fasting. And when you fast, you should do it this way. He didn't say if you fast, do it this way. He said when you fast, do it this way. Um, and th- then, as you said, he said, that his disciples would fast after the bridegroom uh, was taken from them in Matthew chapter 9, verses 14 and 15. Uh, one time when his disciples came and asked him, mm-hmm. why couldn't they cast out this particular oh, demon? Yeah. Uh-huh. He said, this kind goeth not out but by prayer and fasting. He said there were sometimes when prayers made more effective okay. by fasting in conjunction with it. Uh, We've got plenty of examples uh, of early Christians. Uh, it's, it's, it's an interesting... I, I got a notes here from a study on fasting that we did, Jacob. Uh, Paul, I think we talked about it on a program. Yeah, I think we had a whole program on yeah, fasting. Yeah, we we'll search the archives for that. Uh, but in regards to that, again, we should not do it to be seen as men, uh, seen of men. We should not do it as, a, as some sort of a ritual. Uh, certainly, it should be sincere when we do it, but... I, I think there's plenty of indication in the scriptures that we ought to be maybe spending some time fasting as we're praying. That program was November 30th, 2006, going way back in the archives. Should Christians fast if you're interested in hearing that study? All right. All right. Uh, All right. We've got a new question posed. Have we, have we, have we taken No, we haven't taken our no, list. Well, Kevin says, I know a young Christian who grew up a Muslim. He was concerned about fasting and prayer as a Christian, since within that foreign culture, these are common there, especially during times, their feast times or special observance times like Ramadan. Uh, uh, go ahead. Uh, 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 well, uh, let's read what our... Anthony says, sure, but that particular verse seems to state this is an optional behavior that you may praying fast. Fasting was a major part of the culture of the day going back to the Jewish times, but I don't see it codified in the New Testament. We're probably all missing out on very use on a very useful spiritual tool, however. I've known folks to fast, and I commend them for it. I think uh, my thinking is right in line with Anthony's there. Chris says, 
There are several verses and instruction on fasting in the New Testament. I believe it can be very beneficial when done properly. The Bible tells us how we should fast when we fast. I do not see anywhere in the in the scripture that commands us to fast or mandates times of fasting. Okay, good good observations. Guest 837 uh, makes a statement, and I will have to ask for more clarification. Guest 837 says fasting was added in the 14th century. I don't know. What, yeah, that, that, that's a curiosity. Maybe, yeah, give us some more information, Guest 837. We'd like to hear that. Uh, uh, the word fasting was added, uh, Guest 837 says, in the 14th century. I still don't understand what I mean. It would be added to the. Uh, the need a little more. Need a little more clarification yeah, there. Eight thirty-seven. Yeah, I'm still not getting okay. that. Uh, right. But John uh, asked a question. Yeah, that question is interesting. One more question about prayer. We're almost out of time. But John asked in the chat room. I had someone ask me about praying in bed and falling asleep before you finish your prayer. Does God still hear the prayer? I said yes. Uh, Kevin says. Uh, there are some things that we do that God is truly looking into the heart. How can I tell what someone's thinking when they do either? Uh, I, I'm, I'm not sure. So exactly. guest 837 follows with prayer and fasting. I guess guest 837 would say it meant that the text said prayer previously, but it would be it, in the it, Greek text, wouldn't it? Are you, uh, 837, are you saying that men, that that's a spurious addition in, in 1 Corinthians 7, verse 5, when it's talks about fasting and prayer. Interesting. Um, I, I don't, we still sure. would have Jesus. I've never heard that. If that's, so if that's a criticism of that verse, I've never heard it. Okay. Uh, uh, I think, you know, if, if, you're, if you're praying and you fall asleep before you say, in Jesus' name, amen, I, I would agree with John. I think God hears that prayer. He knows what's in our heart. Uh, yeah, when I, I know when I was a little kid, I thought in Jesus' name, amen, was sort of the trigger that shot your prayers off and that they were just sort of hovering here until you said that trigger word and it blasted them off into heaven. And I think that's obviously a childish and immature understanding of prayer or what the expression in Jesus' name means. Right. Uh, but, you know, if, 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 if my wife and I are, are laying there in bed and we're talking about something and I doze off to sleep. I don't think she takes that as an insult. Well, my it? wife does. No, she does. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you didn't think it was important enough to stay awake. Okay. You know, I mean, if you're just if you if you're just uh, in in a very good relationship of prayer there, and, it, and it's a natural thing for you yeah. to do, I think that 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 just it maybe denotes the closeness of the relationship you enjoy. Okay. All right. So good, good good comments, and maybe we can have some others. I guess 837 does say yes. I uh, guess 837 would say that that was added. I'll have to look. I'll have yeah, to look. look. And that. if you have 837, if you have uh, some sources along those lines, email them to questions at collegeshoe.com. We'd like to like to see but those. But I was looking earlier today, and I don't know if I can call up my search there here fast enough because we're just out of time. But that's not the only reference to prayer and fasting uh, that I found in the New Testament. Let me let me look real quick here. Uh, uh, let's see. We got uh, in um, Acts twenty uh, in Acts fourteen twenty three, talking about Paul and the first missionary journey. When they had ordained them elders in every church and prayed with fasting, they commended them to the Lord on whom they had believed. Yeah. Uh, hey, Cornelius, it, it, even before he was a Christian, said that he was fasting. As he prayed at the ninth hour of the day, and, and he saw a man stand before him, sin for Saul of Tarsus. I mean, sin for uh, Simon Peter, rather. Uh, 
so uh, Jesus, we mentioned Mark nine twenty three. Jesus mentioned prayer and fasting. So again, I, I've never heard that. I'm gonna have to investigate First Corinthians seven verse five. Uh, whether the word fasting was an addition to the text or, or where it is regarded to be an addition to the text, I have not heard that. Before. Yeah, the interlinear does have a Greek word there, but maybe it, uh, maybe that text is uh, questionable origin. But uh, We can look into that. We can look into that. 837, if you've got that information, send it on. All right, we're, uh, we're out of time, and uh, we've had a good discussion on prayer and some good encouragement and uh, helpful to me to consider and hopefully our listeners as well on the benefit of prayer and uh, the blessing that we have to be able to go to God in prayer. So we appreciate uh, the thoughts tonight. All right. Thanks Dad, for thank the you study. For your time. And, uh, Jeff, thank you for being just been here three weeks in a row. And he I, gets I think extra, he's wanting a raise or something. He gets extra stars We'll double crown. your pay, Jeff. Yeah. Uh, thanks for All right. Tri- triple his pay. Triple. Wow. We're generous tonight. Yeah. All right. Thank you for being here, Jeff. Thank you for being on the other end of the line. We welcome you to be back here this time next week for another edition of the Virtual Bible Study. And in the meantime, we encourage you to put God first in your life, study His inspired Word of the Bible, and live by it every day. You'll never regret it. Thanks for listening to the Virtual Bible Study, brought to you by the College View Church of Christ. The College View Church of Christ meets at 1618 Hampshire Pike in Columbia, Tennessee. If you are in the Columbia, Tennessee area, we encourage you to worship with the College View Church of Christ on Sunday mornings at 9.30 and on Sunday evenings at 6 o'clock. The College View Church of Christ also welcomes you to attend their Wednesday night Bible studies at 7 o'clock. If you have any questions about something that was said on tonight's broadcast or would like more information about the College College View Church of Christ, please call 931-381-4567. That number again, 931-381-4567. Or for more information on the internet, visit collegeview.com. Be sure to tune into the virtual Bible study this time next Thursday for another informative study of God's Word.